Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Hello, and welcome back to the One Wrestling Podcast, the number one podcast about everything Russell One and all the surrounding promotions. I'm your host, TJ, better known as Aspier, and it's been a little while since I've talked to you all, but I'm ready to talk a little bit of wrestling. But first, uh, since the uh, last time I spoke to you all, there's been a hell of a lot that's happened, that's for sure. I mean, we've got a new Wrestle One champion, the Cruiser Fest has begun. Got a big heel turn on the January Corkin, and a few shows that made tape, which I'm here to talk about. And then in my personal life, I recently uh, passed the JLPT, or the Japanese Language Proficiency Test, for the first time. Been studying the language off and on for years, but been a goal of mine to pass the JLPT, and I finally did. And I'd like to thank everyone who's followed my the Rest of One English Twitter account in the Wrestling One English blog for the past year or so, because that's been a help to me in studying and helped motivate me to continue to improve my Japanese in order to provide you all with as best possible translations as I can. Even if I know a lot of most people that follow that account don't listen to the pod, but still, I wanted to thank you that do anyway. Maybe I can finally make a job out of using Japanese, which is another goal of mine. I mean, hey, Hayashi Shacho, maybe you can put a ring on it Make me the official English guy for Wrestle One. Uh, I'm kidding. Don't worry about that. <laughs> but enough of all that. There's a lot of wrestling to talk about, so let's get into it. Uh, this episode, I'll be discussing the December Corkin, the November J Stage show, the January Corkin, and what's been happening in the company in general. And plus, a uh, topic wasn't really planned, but I saw something online today which I kind of wanted to discuss a little bit. So. Get a little bit of my thoughts on that, but you'll find out what that is later in the show. But first, let's talk the December Corican. Uh This show aired on Gaora earlier in the month, so it's likely gone, unfortunately, but I'm sure you guys are an internet-savvy bunch. You can find it if you want to check it out. Google's your friend, guys. But I'm not going to go heavy on the details because it happened so long ago. If you want, you can find my full written review of it on uh, ProGate, which is a... Uh, Japanese wrestling web blog where a bunch of different people offer their opinions, reviews of different pro wrestling, Japanese pro wrestling uh, promotions in their shows. So check that out. You'll see a link to the review in the uh, footnotes of the show if you're interested in checking it out. But let's get into it. Uh, some of the show got shuffled a bit because uh, Pegaso Illuminar caught the flu that was going around in Tokyo around the time. And because of that, uh, Takumi Baba got bumped to the dark match, and Takaro Nikki got bumped to the main card. In the dark match, uh, Hajime defeated Takumi Baba, but then he complained afterwards that about how he's been in the dark matches so much recently, and how a young boy got bumped to the main card ahead of him. 
But anyway, as far as that, what actually made tape, uh, match one was a solid enough opener. It was uh, Minoru Tanaka, Mazada, and Alex Zane defeating Andy Wu, Jun Toncho, and Takaro Nikki in about nine and about nine and a half minutes. Uh, like I said, solid enough opener. I love seeing uh, Nikki develop, and he showed some good stuff here. Uh, Zane Cinnamon Twist finisher looks really great. It's a shame he's going to be gone, but we'll see. Right now he's in New Japan, so I don't see him returning. Uh, match two was solid as well. It was uh, Kaz Hayashi, Masuki Kono, Koji Doi, and Alejandro defeating Ganseki Tanaka, Ryuki Honda, Kai Fujimura, and Ryuji Hichikata, which both Honda and Kai were showing a lot of fire in this match. I love watch- watching these young boys work and improve. Probably my favorite thing about this promotion is how, how many young wrestlers they got and just watching them develop over time. Uh, after the match, Doi called out Irie for a singles match, which ended up happening on the January Corican for the OWE title. And Kodama invited um, Kono to join Enfants, but instead Kono decided just to tag with Kodama, try it out, see how it goes. Uh, match three, pretty good comedy match with a little bit of serious wrestling thrown in, but it was uh, Shima and Shuji Kondo defeating Marabu Soya and Elindaman in 11 minutes. Match itself was really fun, but I'm more interested in the post-match, where Soya tried to recruit Kono to join a new unit called Raw, or Romance and War, or War and Romance. I flipped that up. It's War. <laughs> but anyway, between him and Lindemann, but uh, Kondo refused and said set up a singles match between the two at the January Corkin, which I'll talk about later. Uh, match four was a rematch of the 2019 Cruiser Fest Finals with Yoshioka getting revenge on Pantera for injuring him in that previous match and stealing the Cruiser title away from him. Because instead, uh, after Yoshioka was injured, Pantera ended up taking a spot for the title. Lost there, but then later in the year won the title back. But instead we saw Yoshioka picking up the win here, taking the title back finally for his third reign, which ties the second or ties with Andy Wu for most title reigns in the company with that belt. But yeah, a very excellent match. Go out of your way to seek it out. Uh, match five was uh, Sego Tachibana defeating uh, Jiro Kiroshio or Ikemen with uh, Ikemen Otoshi. A uh, very good passing of the torch moment. Not as great as uh, Tachibana and Ashino for months earlier in the Grand Prix, but it was still a really good match. Good story told with uh, Ikemen not taking him seriously at first but then having to go all out and try and put him away and failing. And they're sort of using this as a setup for uh, Tachibana to basically be the replacement for Ikemen, which I think he'll succeed in that role. Uh, match six was uh, Enfants, uh, Chotaro Oshino, and Yusei Kodama retaining the tag titles against Irie and T-Hawk. I really can't do this match justice trying to describe it to you all. Just go watch it. It's one of my favorite tag matches all year, especially in Wrestle 1. And I love that Ashino finally got the victory over T-Hawk, which he'd been attempting to do all year after initially losing the title to him in January last year. But now he still needs to beat him in a singles match. This was just a tag, so that's going to be his next goal, or one of his new goals for 2020, I guess. And then in the main event, we saw Daiki Inaba make his first successful defense of the title, returning from injury that he suffered during the Wrestle 1 Tag League this year. Uh, the match was kind of just there for me, unfortunately. I heard someone in the building say that some people left right after the Sam I main, which is really disheartening, which could tell you a little something about the result of the uh, January Corican main event. But 
I'm I'm a fan of most guy, both guys, especially Kuma. But whatever it was, these two just didn't click that night for me, and match kind of suffered for it. Overall, a very good show. Nothing worked like blow away other than the uh, tag title match. So, well, actually, no, I'm, the cruiser title match is very good as well. So, check out those two matches, especially if you haven't and you can find them. And check out uh, Tachibana and Ikemen too, just for the uh, story of it. And next, I'll talk about the uh, J Stage show that just made tape on uh, Friday. I don't remember what date that is. On Friday the twenty fourth, it should still be up on uh, Nico Nico Pro or Nico Pro. By the time you listen to this, if you listen to it on the day it makes tape, so check that out if you're interested. And after you hear what I have to say about it, overall it was a very fun show, but not, it's it's pretty skippable, I think. And it doesn't help that this show is from November. I don't it like I don't know why it took so long for it to make tape. I guess they didn't want to put anything out in January or in uh, December, but either way. Uh, opener uh, Naoki Tanizaki and Kota Sekifuda versus Mineo Fujita and Tatsuya Han- Hanami. Uh, fine opener, nothing really to say about it. The finish included Fujita breaking up a pin by grabbing Hanami's dick, which forced him to run away faster the rope and forced Tanizaki to break the hold twice. But then he went for a third attempt and Hanami tapped out. And then after the match, Fujita and Hanami started making out and Fujita kind of rushed him back to the back to... Do whatever you want to do with him, I guess. <laughs> uh, second match was a Joshi match. Natsu Sumire, Kaho Kobayashi versus Hiroyo Matsumoto and Bani Okawa, or Oikawa. A uh, good match. Ko- uh, Kobayashi picked up the win over Oikawa. If you're a Joshi fan, you'll know you know and know who these women are. You pretty much know what kind of match this was. So it was fun enough. I'd check it out. The next match was uh, Shigehiro Iria and Keisuke Ishii versus Alejandro and Daisuke Kanahira. I was really excited about this one when I saw it announced because we got two former GDT boys in Ishii and Iria teaming together for, I don't know if it's the first time in a while, but it's definitely been a little bit. Though I, I guess te- technically Ishii is still a DDT wrestler, but he's just wrestling in Basara or Gunbare. Yeah, he's Gunbare. But either way, he's one of my favorite wrestlers in ring going right now. So it was great to see him in this match. Uh, highlights were at one point Alejandro went for a dive, but Ishii jumped to the apron to stop him. He then looked like he was going to throw him to the ground, but instead slammed him down onto the apron. He got back into the ring and went to throw him out again, but this time Alejandro held onto the ropes. Uh, first part of the match was pretty much Alejandro like just getting beat on until he could finally tag out. Uh. Segments after that were with Kanahira and Ishii were pretty good. As, so, as well was the uh, final stretch with Ishii pinning Alejandro. Uh, definitely check this one out. Probably best match up to that point in the show. Uh, next match is a match I'm sure plenty of people will hate, considering who is in it. Uh, Ikemen versus the Brahmin Bros. I enjoy both acts, but still, this match itself didn't do a whole lot for me. Though the finish was pretty funny, with uh, after they got the pin on Ikemen, Ref Kambayashi did a flip and then called for the bell. So that was fun. But yeah, if you don't like either one of those acts, just skip this one, I guess. Uh, next match Yuya Susumu and Kenshin Shikano versus Sekiyoshi and El Lindeman. 
originally it was supposed to be Issei Onizuka, but he got injured. I think I forget what what he got injured, but it was supposed to be that. But then when the match came when they came out for the match, it looked like it was going to end up being a handicap match with Susumu and Chikano versus Yoshioka. But then once the match got started, Lindemann came out and ended up being the uh, partner for Yoshioka. But thing is, he came out in his street clothes, just happened to have his ring gear underneath. But while he was trying to strip his uh, jeans off, they got stuck on his boots. So he starts the match with his le- uh, pants wrapped around his legs, running the ropes while hopping around, But which had some fun stuff to begin with. But beyond that, it was a good match. And he was cool with uh, Lindemann getting out of an armbar, or getting put into an armbar. But then he lifted Chicano up, slammed him into the mat, only for Susumu to come out, kick him in the back of- Really hard for Chicano to get the hold back in, and then Lindemann tapped out. Very fun match. And the uh, main event was uh, Shima, Alex Zane, and Jun Masaoka versus Yuko Miyamoto, Isami Kodaka, and Masashi Takeda. Uh, main event was fun, but nothing really that special to me. As a whole, I'm not really sure you need to go out of your way to check out the show. It was probably one of the weaker J-Stage shows in recent memory, but it was still really fun, so... If you just want something to kill time for like an hour or two, it's definitely worth checking out. Put it on in the background while you're doing other stuff. Check out it when you see a match that sounds interesting to you. But it's a month-old show, so I'm not sure how much I'm expecting people to go back and check it out. Which is a, pro- it's a shame, because usually whenever J-Stage makes saves, it's one of the first things I check out, because they're usually fun cards. But this one has kind of got lost to time because of, I don't know, scheduling or something. I don't know, but... For some reason, they didn't show it until January, unfortunately. But that's all the old shows. Here's the newest show. This show uh, made tape on Geora on Sunday, January 26th. This is the uh, January Corkin for Wrestle 1 from the 12th. Uh, the dark match was uh, Hajime defeating Takaro Niki and 358. Again, he was still complaining about... Or he didn't really get to even complain. This time, he was just saying... Backstage, Hajime was just saying, I have nothing to say when he was asked for backstage comments. Still obviously frustrated that he's back on the dark match. Uh, first official match of the show was a six-man shuffle tag, which was a preview of the uh, 2020 Cruiser Fest, which would begin that weekend, I think. The 18th, yeah. It had uh, Kai Fujimura, Mazada, and Jun Tonsho defeating Seki Oshioka, Andy Wu, and El Hilo Del Pantera. Uh, Kai picked up the win via small package in 556, which would be his first win over a uh, main roster member. Or not main roster member, but like a big, not a big deal, but someone who's not a young boy because all of his previous wins were against uh, Tucker Oniki. But finally, he got the pin over someone notable in the company. And he's just been debuted since like uh, July, and now he's picking over win- picking up wins over established guys entering tournaments. I think they're working to push him a little bit out from the get go, which I can't blame them. Uh, the teams were decided at random for this one, so we ended up seeing a new champ and the most recent champ, or in the most recent champ on the same team. But as a whole, not much to say about it, but. Because it was a solid opener, what's there to say about it. But, like I said, the main takeaway is that Kai got the win. So, thumbs in the middle for me on that one. 
had some cool stuff with Kai, but as a whole, it's a forgettable match. Uh, second match, Cyrus defeats Ryuki Honda via reverse splash in 228. This was Cyrus's official debut in the company as a member of the Wrestle One Alliance. He's one of the first uh, Wrestle One Alliance guys they brought over to do a full tour. And he looked fine enough, but it was just a squash match, so what's there to really say about it? Cat uh, seems to be pushing the guy pretty strongly, though, during this tour, picking up wins over multiple people. Off the top of my head, I think he's pinned Kaz. Uh, Honda here, obviously. He's facing Hajime at the end of the month, and he's going to uh, pin him for sure. And he pinned Kuma in a tag match. So he's picking up wins, and I guess that's a good thing. They see something in him. It's hard to see what he can do in this match, but he is scheduled for a singles match against uh, Kuma in February. So that's probably going to be the best place to see if he's any good. So we'll have to wait and see. Another thumbs in the middle for that one. The third match, uh, Shotaro Shino, Kuma Rashi defeat Seigo Tachibana and Yoshitatsu. Uh, Shotaro defeats Seigo in 10-25 with a T-bone suplex. Uh, pretty good match, but nothing memorable about it. It doesn't help. I'm pretty sure the match is clipped a little bit. Still, it's cool to see uh, Ashino and Tachibana in the ring together again. I hope the two face it back up again in the Grand Prix this year. Because that's such a memorable match for me. And I just like the story they're telling between these two. It's going to be a big deal when uh, Tachibana finally picks up a win over Ashino. Uh, after Tachibana lost the match for them, uh, Yoshitatsu was like slapping him on the back of the head. And then backstage he was complaining about how Tachibana ended up looking like he was wearing a thong because of how his tights rode up after the suplex. Uh, thumbs in the middle for that. Next match... Masuki Kono and Yusuke Kodama defeat Takanori Ito and Alejandro. Uh, Kono picked up the win over Alejandro via running knee attack in 743. Uh, at the beginning of the match, Kodama taunted Alejandro since he stole his tag partner from him this night. Ito tagged in while Alejandro was wailing on Kodama in the corner, but wouldn't leave the ring. So Ito just picked him up and just set him out to the side of the ring and made him leave. Ito's been like such a bastard ever since he returned, and it's been great. I love his current character, and you'll see more of it later in the show. Uh, it was really cool seeing Alejandro and, and Kono in the ring against each other for the first time since like February, I think. I think that's when they decided to team up. But uh, especially now that Alejandro has improved since then, I think he's improved a lot since he debuted in, I want to say, 2018 is when he debuted, but I think he made a lot of progress uh, in 2019, so hopefully he can continue with that. Um, Where was I? I see at one point in the match, Kodama and Kono did this awesome spot where uh, Kono picked Alejandro up in a sort of bear hug, but it was high enough that his Alejandro's head was like going over uh, Kono's shoulders. So Kodama just jumped up and kicked over Kono's shoulders and kicked Alejandro in the head. It was an awesome spot, showed off how uh, athletic uh, Kodama is. And then the match ended with Kono delivering a series of knees to Alejandro, and he picked up the win after that. That is better than I expected it to be, even for just a like, little short tag match. Uh, backstage, Kono declined to join Infants. Instead, he wants to challenge for the tag titles again with Alejandro one last time. Yeah, thumbs up for that match. I really liked all the exchanges between uh, Alejandro and Kono. Uh, next match is uh, match five of Pegaso Luminar's trial series. 
in which uh, Masato Tanaka defeated Pegaso Luminar via a sliding D in nine minutes. Still a little strange that this is match five, even though it's technically not the last match because match four has to take place in February, but what can you do? Uh, the match itself began with uh, Tanaka just beating the shit out of Pegaso. They went for a strike exchange with Tanaka no-selling Pegaso's strikes, only for Pegaso to get knocked out by one strike from Tanaka. They went to do it again, but Pegaso just collapsed. Pegaso finally started to get some offense in, which some of it looked a little bit sloppy, but I'm just going to say it was because he was selling how wrecked he's been, he was getting from Tanaka's strikes. But then he got caught off, cut off again by Tanaka landing the DDT. Uh, Tanaka went for a move from the top rope, but Pegaso got his knees up out of desperation. In the end, he couldn't just he just couldn't hold on and lost to the sliding D. Very good veteran versus young upstart match. It was probably my favorite uh, match in Pegaso's trial series. I'd like to see him have the uh, match with Minoru Tanaka. That's going to take place in February, but it's probably not going to make tape, unfortunately. Because I think it's like in some random town. But either way, thumbs up match for me. Really enjoyed that one. Next match, uh, T-Hawk and Alindeman defeat Kaz Hayashi and Gonzaki Tanaka versus or via German suplex in 955. Lindemann beat Gonzaki in that with the German suplex. Uh, Gonzaki and Kaz attacked Strongheart before the bell even started and the four started brawling on the outside. I like that uh, Gonzaki and T-Hawk got paired off at first because Gonzaki needs to continue to improve and pairing him with guys like T-Hawk would surely help him a lot, I think. The match itself is kind of there, unfortunately, for most of it. At one point, uh, Gonseki and Kaz both had the guys in submissions. And after that, they had the upper hand until the end when Kaz went for a uh, final cut. But Lindemann grabbed his legs and T-Hawk followed by a kick to the head. And then followed by Lindemann hitting Gonseki with the German suplex to win. Thumbs in the middle. Fun enough match, but doesn't really mean much. Uh, next match... Manabu Soya versus Suji Kondo, which ended in a no contest in about nine minutes. Uh, the match was about the uh, war stable. If uh, Soya won this match, Kondo would have to join this, the new unit. But unfortunately, we didn't get to see a conclusion to this match, which really sucks. Cause I, I was really, really enjoying this match up until that point. It was getting right to the crescendo a little bit, I think. But then the end came. You'll I'll tell you about that in a second. First, the uh, match started off with some brawling on the outside. Match really picked up once Kondo hit Soya with a DT on the apron and then tried to hit him with a chair, but Soya dodged it. This was followed by a huge spine buster from Soya off the middle rope. He landed a power driver on him, but Kondo kicked out. They continued on that pace until Kondo stopped a spear, but then that got reversed into a Death Valley driver. Uh, Soya went for his usual lariat spot, but was hit with a lariat from Kondo on his second attempt at the lariat. And then while they were both laid out, in came Takanori Ito, who came in and late just laid out everyone, including the ref and Lindemann, who had been uh, seconding Soya to the ring for the match. And like I was saying earlier, it's a shame we didn't get an ending to this because I was really looking forward to it. It was getting there at the end, but Ito ended up uh, injuring Soya by piling chairs on his arm and then hitting him with another chair, which took him out for the rest of the tour. Not sure when he's going to be back, but as of right now, he's not booked for the uh, February Korean Corkin, which he was supposed to uh, face uh, Ito in a singles match, but that's not happening now, so I'm sure we'll get that down the line. 
But two thumbs up for that. Match was fun, and I'm really enjoying Ito's uh, character work so far. Even though the crowd didn't seem to react to it that much, which isn't great, but... Anyway, uh, semi-main was an OWE title match. Shigehiro Irie defeated, or retained against Koji Doi and uh, beat him with a Beast Bomber in about 13 minutes. I'm really not sure how I feel about Doi's new gear. It's just so bright yellow, it's just a little too much for me. And unfortunately, I didn't take a lot of notes on this match. I just, I just couldn't get into it. I've seen a lot of people say they enjoyed this a lot, but me, I don't, I don't know what it was about it. It just didn't hit for me. The uh, last few minutes were really good stuff, but it just didn't make up for the rest of the match. It's not connecting to me. But like I said, other people seem to like this one a lot more than I did. So check it out. Just to maybe you're maybe you'll like it. Uh, about thumbs thumbs in the middle, thumbs up, like midway through. I guess I can't go full thumbs up since I didn't enjoy it personally. And then finally, the main event, the uh, Wrestle One title match where Katsuhiko Nakajima defeated Daiki Inaba, the current champ, via vertical spike in 13 and 13 minutes and 48 seconds. Uh, the video before the match with Inaba saying, he was saying how angry it made him that Nakajima had no interest in the Wrestle 1 title, but the idea is there, but his tone didn't really come off as much like he was angry. He just, I don't know. And then the video, Nakajima was, had the tone of someone who didn't care, which kind of made the, which is, the whole thing that he's doing right now with us, but it's like Inaba, his tone almost came off that same way, not quite, but it didn't show the heat, the fire that I really wanted to see from him. But other than that, the video was uh great per usual for Wrestle One, they always have great like before title match videos, get the uh, get people invested in the match. Uh, the crowd wasn't super into Inaba at first, which again, not a great sign. Nakajima started the match by toying with a fan in the crowd, which he continued to do after a brief exchange with Inaba, where Inaba ended up on the outside. Uh, Nakajima kicked Inaba from the apron once Inaba stood up, and then rolled him back into the ring. He did his usual spot in the corner where he just lays his boots into the guy in the corner while he hangs on the rope and just smiles like a complete asshole. Uh, Inaba tried to get some offense in, but Nakajima just did the same thing in the corner again. Inaba finally got the upper hand for a little bit and started doing some boot scrapes in the corner, which finally got the crowd to make some noise for him and was followed by a cannonball. Inaba went to the top rope, but Nakajima got up there with him. The two started striking each other. Nakajima got knocked off, but he just came right back with a running knee kick, a running high kick, followed by uh, slamming Inaba to the center of the ring from the top rope. Around the uh, 10-minute mark, Inaba looked like he was struggling, like like he was exhausted from all the uh, punishment he was taken from Nakajima. But Nakajima looked like he hadn't been breaking a sweat. Inaba was almost able to lock in the Majigatame, but Nakajima broke out and proceeded to kick the shit out of him. Inaba hit a great-looking brainbuster and then went for the Majigatame again, but Nakajima reached out to the rope for the ropes. So Inaba countered it into a tiger suplex, which looked really good. And then... Nakajima knocked Inaba loopy with a high kick, then proceeded to kick the shit out of him again once he sat up from the mat. He then hit his uh, hit the uh, vertical spike for the win, and then laid across Inaba's chest, taunting the crowd and all of the Wrestle One wrestlers on the outside that, that he had just 
defeated their champ. A very good match, a great match in my opinion. Maybe I'll be a little biased, but I really enjoyed it. I think it was mostly because of Nakajima and not so much because of Inaba. Inaba played his part very well as being the fighting ace thing, but again, he barely showed fire in most of the match. He sold the uh, attacks from Nakajima very well, so I'll give him credit for that. But as a whole, it didn't come off as a great performance for him. It's probably his best match for him that I've seen since the uh, Ashino match in the Grand Prix. But which I think he showed his best. That was that was his best match that I've seen him in. I think as a whole. But in this match, I don't know. It's just mostly it's him getting his ass kicked by Nakajima and then a few hole spots. But and him selling well. But I don't know. And after the match, Nakajima taunted everyone, asking why no one was coming out to defend Russell One from him. But eventually out came Ashino. They had some exchange. Nakajima just toyed with him. But eventually they uh, he accepted a title match with Ashino for the February Corkin, which I'm really looking forward to. The match itself is going to be great, I think. But I don't think you should be beating Ashino so early, especially if you're going to continue. If you're going to have Nakajima have a long reign, there's no one else really for him to face in Wrestle 1 that's a big deal. Uh, you'd think they'd be saving Ashino, but at the same time, Ashino is the face of Wrestle 1, outside of, like, Mudo, obviously, and all that but stuff, but Ashino is the guy in Wrestle 1, and I don't know why you're having him fed to Nakajima so early in his reign. But this match uh, started off some things I've seen. I saw a take. It's more or less saying, like, Wrestle 1, there's not a promotion that's really booked their roster worse than Russell One has over like the past year. And I'm not sure that's a take I entirely agree with. Every every promotion has bad booking things. But I think they've done overall well with their roster. Like, I was thinking, let me just go through the main guys, especially the younger guys, because they're the ones that matter. You got Inaba at the top right now. I don't think him failing as champ is because of the booking. I think it's a combination of different things because they booked him as well as they could have up till this point. He was injured. He came back in the uh, Pro Wrestling Love 2018 in like a multi-man match, but he lost to Strong Hearts and that, which usually when you come back from injury, you lose. So I'm not really surprised with that. But then he started teaming up with Soya as a tag team, and they made a run through the Wrestle 1 Tag League that year and made it to the finals and almost won. And then after that, they had a falling out, started losing, ended up feuding with each other, which Inaba won that feud with Soya putting him over in the end. And he even got a little bit of a rub from uh, Shinjiro Otani, which that that can only help. And then after that, he started making his run as a singles guy going around that time is when they started kind of setting up uh, Inaba, Kuma, Ashino, and uh, Doi is kind of like the top four in the company. Is like the, what do they call them? The four heavenly kings, I think is what they called them. Once Doi came back, they kind of like had them be grouped up together as like the way to the future. And then the Grand Prix happened and Inaba won that by defeating Ashino, which is a huge deal because Ashino is the guy, like I was saying earlier. And then he had the feud with uh, T-Hawk, which he won. He 
not so much banish strong hearts, but he won back the Wrestle One title from the Invading Force for the pride of the promotion. Up until that point, I think they booked him as well as they could. They got him from A to B. It's just the crowd never got into it because I don't think he's particularly charismatic. And then I know some, I don't know about the, in Japan, but I know some people in the West that watch the promotion just aren't into his matches. And I kind of see the point in some ways, but I, I enjoy him for the most part. But if you have a guy that's more or less not super charismatic and then his matches don't exactly excite people, it's no wonder he didn't get over. It doesn't help he's injury prone. He's been off and on with the company for years because of his injury problems. And he even got an injury during this reign, during the uh, tag league. And then, like I was saying earlier, his uh, December Corkin main event didn't exactly excite people. People were leaving. So I can't blame the, the booking for this. Like, and then you got Ashino, which I think he's in the best possible spot he can be right now that he's out of the title picture. I mean, he's technically in it now again, but I don't think he's winning. But you had him win the title back at the, at the end of 2018, had a couple defenses with that, lost it to the Invading Force and T-Hawk, and then that entire year was kind of him down in the middle, mid-card, trying to make his way back up to get to T-Hawk, winning matches, winning the tag titles, inevitably beating T-Hawk, and what else is there for Ashino to do if he's not going to be in the main title pictures? Have him be a dominant tag champ with Kodama, so I think they're booking Ashino, right? Doi, I could see the argument that they're not booking him that well, but there's not a whole lot for him to do right now either. And they had the little feud with him and Kuma, which he won, so he got that under his belt last year. And also, he was hurt most of last year. He didn't come back. He was hurt in December and then came back in May of last year. So who knows what he's going to do in 2020. I can't blame bad booking for him really. Then Kuma, he's on the come up. Like he's, he's a upper mid card guy right now, but he's not some guy that you're going to put over people all the time. And he might be, I don't know what the deal is with him. He's got like a little undercurrent story going on where he thinks he's too weak. So I'm interested to see where that goes, but I don't think he's been booked super bad. Uh, so you got the top four. Who else is there? Uh, you got the veterans like Kondo, Soya, and uh, Kono, and they're all being used to uh, push the younger guys, or at least trying to get get them to the next level. You got Kono working out with Alejandro, which has been working well, in my opinion. Alejandro has only been in the company since like 2018, and He's been featured pretty prominently since he debuted. He won the Cruiser Fest that year. He's a previous tag champ with Kono. Like, and he's he's still young. I don't know what there really is to do more with him right now. You got, like I said, you got the veterans all working to put over people. Got Takanori Ito just came back from being injured for like over a year or close to it. And as soon as he got back, he, they're pushing him. He's going to be a huge heel and possibly starting up a group because of uh, the quirk and he's gonna at least going to have a tag partner for the foreseeable future I guess so we'll see what that ends up how that ends up going but they're putting effort into him so I can't really hate on the booking for him yet especially since he's only been back for less than a month now uh, let's see got Jun Toncho I, I can see the problems with his booking for sure he I forget how long he's been around, but he's like 
19, 20, he's like a kid. Like they have time to work on him. Like he's just going to be a cruiserweight guy anyway, for the most part until they have never, they're going to, I think they're going to push him higher than that eventually. But right now it's just like, he's treading, treading water in the cruiser division. And that's fine when you have other people that need to be pushed at the moment, like say Kiyoshioka, who depending on how things go, he might not even be in the company. So you want to for long. So you want to keep him happy and try and keep him because I won't be surprised if he runs off and becomes a freelancer, or joins OWE, since strong since he's such a yeah since he's with Stronghearts now. But let's see who else. Uh, Pegasus Luminar. I think they're doing well with him too. He just debuted in 2018 and almost immediately got a title shot. He made a his first appearance in the Grand Prix this year, lost in the first round. But he's young. That's not really that surprising. And now he's in this trial series, and he hasn't lost. He hasn't won any of them, but it's a trial series. You never win any of them. I think he'll get a little better push this year. I could see him at least making just the second round of the Grand Prix next year, or this year. So we just gotta wait and see what they do with him. Uh, Gonta Kitanaka. I don't think they're ever gonna push the guy, so I don't know why that's even a, something people are talking about. They've barely tried with him. He had a little result title run last in 2018, but beyond that, like they haven't done anything with him. And he's still pretty new to the company as well. So, like, I agree they need to start working towards pushing these younger guys more, which they're starting to. But, like, I get the argument that people are saying, like, oh, they just bring in outsiders to beat the young guys and the mid-carters and they're never going to get over. Well, they tried using the outsiders to get some of these guys over. Like, they used Tridushima to get June over a little bit, but then didn't do anything with him afterwards. That's bad booking, I'll give you that. But they were trying there for a minute. They're trying to use T-Hawk to get over Inaba and Ashino. I think they're going to end up using Heat to uh, try and help Yoshioka a little bit, but not that I don't really think he needs it that much, but I don't know. The only really interesting booking, or you could say bad, is Nakajima, but with the way Naba's title ring was going already, I can't blame them for wanting to pull the trigger on something new and get the belt off him. And who knows, maybe they'll just put the title right back on Ashino and see how that goes, or they'll put it on back on Inaba off Nakajima down the road. We'll have to see, but I don't I don't think Wrestle One was that badly booked a promotion last year. I think it was very well. Like I think they were telling good stories for the past year or so. If they come and do the same thing in 2021, have a Wrestle One guy with the belt in January and then have him drop it again to a foreigner, yeah, I get it. But I think uh, them doing that with Stronghearts was a smart business move and just good for storytelling anyway because you can only have Infants up on top for so long without an invading force. And they had killed off all the other uh, stables pretty much with... um, New Era dying and Trigger and New Wild Order are basically dead. So, and then you got Ikemen leaving, which is Ashino's like one big rival that he had left. So they kind of have to work to get new guys over. And they they tried with Anaba. I don't think it worked. Maybe they'll go back to him, but I don't know. But I don't think Wrestle One's booking is particularly as bad as some people may think it is. And then you got Seiko Tachibana, which is up in the up up and come up. Dude's basically gonna be Ikemen's successor. And he has history with Ashino, which could 
that could be a money making few down the road if people get invested in it, which I think they will because I'm pretty sure I think Tachibana is pretty over with the fans for the most part. So once they get into that stage of things, just they're taking it slow right now. I talked more about that than I wanted to, but anyway, end of the day, I don't think it's the end of the world for Wrestle One because Strong Hearts are here and that Nakajima is the champ. They still have stories to tell with the Wrestle One wrestlers and they have guys on the come up, which hopefully will do well for the company. But those are the main things I wanted to talk about on the show. So let's get into uh, results from shows that haven't made tape yet or probably aren't going to make tape. Uh, on the 18th, we got the uh, beginning of the Wrestle One Cruiser Fest 2020 from Yokohama Radiant Hall. Masayuki Kono, Pegaso Luminar, and El Hio Del Pantera defeated Daki Inaba, Sego Tachibana, and Takaro Niki. Uh, fuck, who got pinned here? Uh, Pegaso defeated uh, Niki via Firebird Flash. I should have known that. Niki's in the match. Uh, second match, uh, Seki Yoshioka defeated Hajime via SK in five minutes. Takanori Ito defeated Ryuki Honda via Backdrop in 645. Shuji Kondo, Koju Takeda, and Cyrus defeated Shotaro Shino, Yusuke Kodama, and Kuma Arashi. Uh, Cyrus beats Kuma. No, did he pin Kuma? Or... I think I might have wrote that wrong in my notes. I feel like I remember Kuma picking up the win, or getting pinned. Nope, I'm just second guess. Second guessing myself. But anyway, Cyrus picked up the win on Kodama in 10 16. Uh, Cruiser Fest round one match. Heat defeated Jun Toncho via figure four lock in 12 minutes. Uh, Andy Wu and Koji Do- Doi and Gonseki Tanaka defeated Kazayashi, Takafumi Ito, and Shunsuke Sayama. Koji Doi defeated Kaz via Super Hima Wari Bomb in 15 And then the main event, which I'm interested, interesting that they uh, put this in the main event. Uh, Wrestle 1 Cruiser Fest 2020 Round 1. Alejandro defeated Kai Fujimura via SOS Total in 16 minutes. It's interesting to me that they put Kai in the main event. And they got, they got a lot of time. I wish this would make a tape. You can see it in the uh, on the Wrestle 1 TV episode that had the show on it, I'm pretty sure. I haven't checked it out yet myself. But I need to go back and look at that because... I want to see if, one, I want to see how Alejandro did, but I also want to see how Kai did in his first really big matchup of his career so far. It's a shame we're not going to get the full thing of that. Let's see. The next show was uh, Wrestle Soul Volume 3 on January 25th. This one was produced by uh, Jun Toncho. Uh, match one, Toa Iwasaki defeated Ryuki Honda in 845. Second match, Takafumi Ito, Sioki Kitamura defeated Gantaki Tanaka and Tak Takumi Baba in 1134. Match three, Sego Tachibana defeated Hajime in seven minutes. Fourth match, Kai Fujimura defeated Takaro Niki in eleven minutes. And then the main event was uh, Daiki Shimamura defeating Jun Toncho in thirteen and a half minutes. And then the last 
or the most recent show to make tape or make to happen was the uh, the second round of the Cruiser Fest from uh, Kasukabe on the 26th. First match, uh, Shuji Kondo, Jun Toncho, Pegaso Luminara, and Kai Fujimura defeated Masuki Kono, Alejandro, Ryuki Honda, and Takaro Niki. Uh, Choncho picked up the win against Niki via Tompega driver in 10 and a half minutes. Second match, Cyrus defeated Kazayashi via reverse splash in four and a half minutes. Uh, third match, Seiki Yoshioka defeated Hajime and Sego Tachibana via Osai Komi. Uh, Yoshioka pinned Hajime. Uh, fourth match, Gonseki Tanaka defeated Takanori Ito via DQ after Ito attacked him with a chair in about uh, 9.48. Uh, next match was a Cruiser Fest round one match. Yusuke Kodama defeated Koji Takeda via small package in 14 and a half minutes. Uh, You'll want to check this out once it makes tape on the uh, Wrestle One TV, as well as go and check out some of the uh, backstage pictures from the show, if you can find them. If you know anything about Koji Takeda, you'll know why. I don't want to spoil it for you, though. Uh, the sec- the semi-main was another Cruiser Fest match. Andy Wu defeating El Hio del Pantera via Fei Hong in eight and a half minutes. And then the main event was uh, Shotaro Shino and Kuma Arashi defeating Daki Inaba and Koji Doi. Uh, Kuma beat Inaba via diving senton in 17 minutes. And that's everything that's made tape so far. With those results, we have the... Uh, we now know who's going to be in the uh, semifinals for the Cruiser Fest which will be on the uh, Shinkiba First Ring Show on the 31st. The uh, not, There's no match order for this yet, so I'm just going to go as it's listed on the website. Uh, semi-final match, Andy Wu versus Alejandro in the Cruiser Fest. Uh, semi-final round, Kodama versus, or Yusuke Kodama versus Heat. And the winner of those two matches will take will face in the finals at Corkin on the 12th of February. Uh, singles match, Sego Tachibana versus Takafumi Ito. Uh, Six-man, Kaz Hayashi, Daiki Inaba, and Koji Doi versus Shotaro Shino, Kuma Arashi, and Koju Takeda. Uh, singles match, Hajime versus Cyrus. Tag match, Kai Fujimura and Takaro Niki versus Seki Yoshioka and El Hio del Pantera. A six-man match, Masuki Kono, Kanseki Tanaka, and Ryuki Honda versus Jun Toncho, Pegaso Luminar, and Daiki Shimamura. Then the uh, next show that's going to happen after that is the uh, February 9th show, but the only match we have announced for that so far is the final match in Pegaso's trial series which is going to be against Minoru Tanaka. And then the show after that is the Cork and Hall show for January or for February. Got five matches announced for that so far. Uh, Katsuhiko Nakajima defending the Wrestle 1 title against Shotaro Oshino. The Cruiser Fest finals, as I said. Uh, Kuma Arashi versus Cyrus. Uh, Shuji Kondo and Sego Tachibana versus Takanori Ito and a mystery partner 
and Kazuhashi versus Hajime. Let's go down these real quick. Like I said, Nakajima versus Ashino. Going to be a great match. I'm not worried about that. It's just... I don't think whoever went either way, whoever wins this, it's not a good idea. Maybe they can do like some kind of fuck finish. I don't know, but it's like I don't think Ashino should be losing, but neither should Nakajima. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this whole Nakajima winning the belt thing yet. The Cruiser Fest finals. Uh, who's in the semifinals? Uh, my bet is gonna be it's gonna be Andy versus Heat with Heat winning. I think it just makes too much sense for Heat to go on to Wrestle Wars to face Yoshioka. Then uh, we got uh, Kuma versus Cyrus. I've got no predictions on this match. Cyrus is probably going to win. It's his uh, last match for the tour before he heads back to the States. But it's I think it's his first real chance to show the Wrestle One audience what he, he's got, what he's capable of. So hopefully he can deliver. Then we got uh, Kondo and Tachibana facing Ido and a mystery partner, which Ido referred to as his heel master. So take that as you will. I have no idea who it's going to be. And then we got uh, Kaz Hayashi versus Hajime after Hajime has been requesting a main card match for the past month or so. Finally, he's going to get it. So that should be good. I really like Hajime and obviously Kaz is Kaz. He's great. Uh, and then finally, let's get into a little bit of news. Uh, let's start off with Stronghearts news. Uh, they just began their uh, month-long stay in North America. They've been working a bunch of US Indies, or they're going to be. Could be they've worked AEW. They've invaded AAA on their latest show. I was watching that live, and I kind of freaked out a little bit. Man, Shima's getting his money any chance he can get it, and. They've also been working like some uh, Mexican indies. It's worth seeking out some of the stuff they've done there in places such as IWRG and The Crash. I've enjoyed them a lot. It's really cool seeing them in different environments. Uh, this weekend, they're going to be returning to uh, MLW, which I'm actually going to be able to see live. So I'm really excited to be able to finally see these guys for the first time live. If you happen to be going and you see me, Feel free to say hi if you'd like, but don't feel obligated to or anything like that. I'll be the only person wearing Wrestle One merch, probably. So <laughs> I think I'll stick out like a sore thumb if you see me. And then lastly, they are uh, Strong Hearts are running a show on March first called Action Action One, which Ashino's been announced for so far. But I assume we'll see some more Wrestle One guys on there. Obviously, Yoshioka is going to be on it because he's Strong Hearts, but. So far, the only non-strong hearts, Russell One guys, Ashino. Uh, Shuji Kondo set to return to uh, Dragon Gate for the uh, Toriumon Japan show on the 31st. And he's also scheduled to be on their February Corkin in a three-way tag match with Ada, BB Hawk versus Yamato and Kai versus Shuji Kondo and Masato Yoshino. And Kondo is going to be rest, uh, representing Toriumon in their... Uh, generational war that's going on in Dragon Gate. It's really interesting stuff. I I think you should check it out if you're... I mean, Kondo's great, so I'd go and check out any match he's in anyway, but I think it's worth checking Dragon Gate out right now. They're doing some interesting stuff. And then uh, PPP Tokyo is running their uh, next show, their third show on March 3rd. And we got some uh, Wrestle 1 wrestlers involved again. 
We have uh, Ashino, Kodama, and Kuma, and Yumahito Imanari facing Doi, Kenshin Chikano, Naoki Tanizaki, and Chikara. And then we got uh, Katsuyashi, Kotaro Suzuki, and Keichi Sato versus Keisuke Ishii, Shima, and Masuki Matomi. And then lastly, not really news, but I wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, Wrestle One Alliance, as I've gotten to see some of the uh, talent that got flown over to Japan back in this October for the, the uh, Wrestle One Alliance tryouts and or not tryouts, but getting to stay in the dojo and work out, and some of them got to uh, wrestle for uh, Wrestle One on some of the house shows, and then as dark matches on the uh, Cork and Hall shows. But like I was saying, I got to see some of them recently, see what they were all about. Uh, one of them was uh, Graham Bell, who was sent over. Saw him for the first time in uh, Black Label Pro recently on one of their shows. I think it was like Nobody Puts BLP in the Corner or something like that. He was in a rumble for that show, so you can't take much from it. But from what I saw... He looked good in the ring. He has cool ring gear. No real complaints about him. I'd like to see more from him down the line. Because I see what uh, Cass saw in him, I think. Just from uh, look-wise like look wise and from the little I got to see of him in ring. And then I also recently checked out the uh, Impact versus... Or not Impact versus, but Impact RCW show from a few weeks ago. Which featured two Wrestle One Alliance guys. Which on the pre-show, who are a tag team called the Pillars of Destiny. These two have a really awesome look with the whole Viking getup and all that, and it helps they and they're just huge guys. I mean, it helps they were facing smaller guys, but they just looked enormous. And then they were pretty athletic for their size, especially Hunter Gray. I'm pretty sure that was the right one. I I'm not sure their names or which one which name belongs to which guy since it was my first time seeing them, but. Just a small taste of what I've seen from these guys, but from what I saw, I'm, I'd welcome them back for a longer tour in Japan with Wrestle One. So hopefully, uh, Kaz can bring them in. But as of right now, uh, Cyrus, who's currently in Japan, and the Pillars of Destiny are signed to uh, Sunny Ono as their agent, and he was part of the Wrestle One Alliance when they were going around searching for guys and girls to bring over. So I think obviously Cyrus is already there, but I assume Pillars of Destiny are on their way over. And then we'll see about the other Wrestle One guys, Wrestle One Alliance guys down the road. But I think that is it. That's all I got to talk about today. Thank you all for listening. It was a fun time talking about Wrestle One, all these shows. Can't wait for the next one to make tape and talk some more. <laughs> Not sure when I'm going to record next. I don't think the uh, uh, February Corkin makes tape until later in February, but hopefully I'll have more to talk about than that. The uh, Chinkiba ring, first ring match or show should make tape earlier in the month, so I can probably hop on, talk a little bit about that and other matches that have been happening. But that's it. You can follow the pod at One Wrestling Pod. You can follow the Wrestle One English Update Twitter account for 
all your news results, all that fun stuff about Russell One in English. And check out the blog that's linked on the website for all your descriptions of wrestlers, match recommendations, all that fun stuff. And then you can follow me personally if you'd like at ASPIR underscore. I started a uh, thread that has a bunch of matches I've been enjoying so far from 2020 that you can check out if you'd like. It includes the uh, Shima, uh, Lindemann, and T Hawk matches in. IWRG and the crash. So if you want to find the YouTube links for that, you can just check my Twitter and find that thread and look around a little bit. It's not necessarily the best matches I've seen this year, but there's some interesting ones I've seen. So check those out if you're interested. But that's for that. I think that's it. See you next time, guys.